Welcome to Mind Coffee with M6, where we filter today's issues through common sense and intellect. My guest, Dee, is here. Hi, Dee. Hi. And we are talking today about COVID and is it being politicized? All right. So what do you think, Dee? Do you think COVID is being used as a political weapon or what? I think that everything's being used as a political weapon these days. So COVID is no different than anything else. Okay, I can I can get with that. I don't know if it's just that it's been around for a while now, so it's getting kind of, you know, like you can't beat a dead horse. It's just starting to be a mantra at this point, whereas in the beginning... It was so many pieces to it that we were kind of getting used to. And what is this new information? And we don't know. And da, 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 da. Now it's just getting old. And maybe now it's feeling more political. Maybe it really is more political. I don't know. I don't know that COVID in and of itself is something special to be politicized. But I do think that we're in a time and space where legitimately everything is politicized. It's used as a thing to bludgeon someone who doesn't have the same interpretation of the scenario as you. You know, we've learned a lot about it. It's not the same as it was when it first hit us. We've learned a lot. We've got a lot of scientific data. We've got international data, not even just America. You know, there's a lot of pieces to it. I think we're in a much different place knowledge-wise than in the beginning. So some of the things that we're hearing now, they kind of don't fit the way they did in the beginning. So for me, I think a lot of the discourse around COVID starts to come down to an arguing about autonomy, which Mm. I find very interesting. But it feels like the politicization of COVID really starts to morph into this conversation about individual autonomy and individual rights well beyond whether COVID exists or not. Good point. Right. And to your point, right, we have a lot more information now. We have a better sense of like what COVID is, what it's not. And so it's not really a question as to whether COVID is a virus, whether it can kill you. Right. Those those aren't the issues. The issues are how willing one individual is or is not to subscribe to a behavior pattern that may or may not impact another person. Okay. And then I think I might throw in also personal responsibility. I think that kind of plays into the autonomy piece. For example, it's been shown to us that COVID attacks a specific type of person. And that's someone who's elderly or someone who has some type of underlying condition or comorbidity. These are the people that, for whatever reason, COVID just goes right for those people. The other people, not so much. For the sake of argument here, COVID is just a virus. Right. Right? So virus attacks whatever virus can attack. Just that there are people who are more susceptible to virus than others. Yes, but this virus is specifically attacking those susceptibilities, whatever those are. And they happen to live in these humans. No? No. COVID attacks me and you just like it attacks someone who has immune compromise. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It attacks us all on the same. I'm not immune compromised, so it doesn't affect me. It doesn't have anything to latch on to. Maybe it's older or has more susceptibility. The virus is able to penetrate their cells faster, quicker, deadlier. But the virus didn't change, right? The virus is trying to do the same thing to every single person it comes into contact with. That's correct. 
So I will rephrase. You're completely right. What I'm saying is it's not that it attacks those people as much as it's fatality. The deadly piece of it, it ends with whether you have enough immune to deal with it. So, yes, it's attacking all of us. It's just that some people is just not hanging on or causing major problems or death or even just severe whatever, whatever. So the people who are in the most danger, the ones who we really need to be concerned about with COVID are specific people, and that's elderly or people with underlying conditions. Those people are more likely to have severe problems or even a fatal response to COVID. So having said that, then the, the next piece with the autonomy, like you're saying, starts to be, okay, if you have one of these conditions, then honestly, whether it's COVID or any other virus, pick one. You're going to have to be careful because your condition makes you more susceptible to all these different viruses that are trying to get you. So the other person might say, I need to help you be protected. So I need to stay away from you because I don't want anything to happen to you. And that's where this whole piece comes in with, you know, the autonomy. Like, why do I need to stay home or why can't I go out based on if I'm susceptible to COVID or not? I can appreciate the side of the coin that says, you know, if you know that you're immunocompromised, you need to take personal responsibility. Yes. Um, But I think there's just a dearth of conversation about just like caring for other people in the way a society works. And not everyone knows, right? So there's this whole piece called, I don't think I'm immune compromised until I'm dead, right? There's plenty of examples, I guess, people saying this is overblown. It doesn't exist. It's not that big of a deal. If you're immunocompromised, like just stay away, but I'm fine. And then that person ends up with COVID or a loved one ends up with COVID because they were more concerned about their own personal well-being in the moment than anyone else. And I think this conversation comes up a lot, maybe even within our like our healthcare system in general. I think people forget that you're not young and healthy forever. So when you're feeling your best and you're in your prime, you have little regard for the people who are older and who need help. Right. But one day you're going to be older and need help. And then where are the young and vibrant parts of society that help prop you up? Which I agree with. I'm certainly not saying if you're susceptible to COVID, then that's your problem. Deal with it. I'm certainly not going to that level. I am saying that there's a certain personal responsibility, like you said, that if I know I have this type of thing going on, I need to not be in the grocery store, perhaps. Perhaps I need to get some service to deliver my groceries or have a friend or, you know, somebody else. I shouldn't be in the grocery store because I'm putting myself at risk. Right. If the people who are susceptible stay away, the rest of the people don't need to. It can't be both ways. It just seems like it's trying to be both ways. And it, okay. it doesn't make sense. Okay, so here's here's a scenario. I have an elderly neighbor who I try to take care of a little bit. Mm-hmm. And she has some underlying issues. She is very aware that she is in this population of people who could maybe have a fatal reaction if she contracted COVID. Mm -hmm. And so she has chosen to take personal responsibility and she stays home. She basically doesn't go anywhere. And she has uh, fully, you know, kind of cleaned her home and has even spoken to her family and has really kind of cut off contact with her grandchildren from physically seeing them because they're younger and they're kind of out and about more. But the truth of the matter is she still needs help, right? So she still needs groceries. So she orders quite a bit online. She does 
whatever she can online, but sometimes it just doesn't work. So this is where I enter and I check on her a few days a week. I take her trash out. I get her mail for her. And, you know, maybe I need to go to the grocery store and pick up some basic supplies because when she ordered online, it wasn't available. Right. So this is where the social impact of everyone trying to care about other people, to me, is evident. She's not going to the grocery store. She's taking personal responsibility to not go to the grocery store. But someone has to. Yes. So if I go into the grocery store and no one cares about COVID, or if I get COVID, if I don't care because I'm not susceptible, I'm fine. And I'm not particularly worried about me contracting COVID. And even if I did, I think I'm strong enough to be okay. But if I contract COVID and then I bring her her eggs, I've now potentially exposed her, who was taking personal responsibility, to COVID. That's the problem. So if that's the case and you are entering into her space, you already know you need to be wearing protective gear. You need to be leaving it on the porch or whatever you need to do because you know what you just said is true. What does that have to do with the 15 other people on the block or in the store or in the street or whatever else? I'm saying, say if you went in the grocery store to get her eggs, right? And no one was wearing masks. Everyone was walking around and just living their lives. You walk up to her door with her eggs. You know, I potentially may be bringing her something, some germs, some COVID, right? But if you went in the grocery store and every single person in the store was wearing a mask and gloves and the whole nine... You still have to think to yourself, even though they all were covered, I still could be bringing her something. I still need to be careful. So it almost wouldn't matter because you would still need to be equally as careful either way, right? I'm not sure I agree. I'm not sure that I have to be as equally careful. Why? I do have to be careful for certain. But if everyone is collectively trying to be mindful of each other, wear a mask, keep your distance, my exposure risk goes down. It's not zero for certain. And I think to your point, I still have to be careful because it's it's never going to be zero. That's right. It's just, that's just not realistic. And I right? think that's the point though. The point is it's never going to be zero. So regardless of all of that, when it comes right down to it, when you go in front of a susceptible person where you've been and how careful people were it's almost like out the window like it doesn't matter because it only takes one exposure one whatever regardless of how careful people were she needs to be protected and so period that's what I'm saying okay and to your point I guess I would say that line of thinking then if you extrapolate that then you go into like why take precautions ever right because if you can't reduce risk to zero then what's the point yes Right, but that's not real because we do all sorts of things to mitigate risk all the time. But you can't mitigate risk to zero. No, you can't. If if I put a seatbelt on, I don't mitigate my risk of injury to zero if I'm in a car accident. No, you don't. I certainly don't. But I put it on because I can mitigate my risk substantially if I do. I agree. But what I'm saying is I think in the conversation we're having right now, you have the mitigation at other people protecting themselves from spread. I have the mitigation at your neighbor's front door. Okay. So those are two different places for the mitigation to take place. I'm suggesting that the mitigation at your neighbor's front door is the only one that matters. I'm suggesting the mitigation in the grocery store or at your job or wherever is secondary to the mitigation at her front door. Because you can't mitigate it to zero, her front door needs to be her front door, regardless, because that risk to her is real. Right. 
okay, let's say the virus is mud, something you can physically see. Okay. If I go into space with other people and everyone is flinging mud, mm-hmm. I am going to get covered in mud. And then I'm going to bring my mud-covered clothing to my neighbor's door and I'm going to try and clean myself up. I'm going to you know, change my clothes, whatever I can, before I enter her home. Right. Yes? Okay. There is still, because we can't mitigate to zero, right? There is still this potential that because so much mud was being flung at me, I still have it. Maybe it's on my shoes or it's still on my, you know, it got, you know, caught in that corner of my shirt and the by my neck and now it's on my body. Right. Okay. But if I go into the store and everyone is like, let's try to not fling mud at each other. What that means is that the likelihood of me getting mud all over me is diminished. And when I get to my neighbor's door, I still have to assess whether there's mud on me and if I need to change. But that risk has already been mitigated significantly because everyone was being respectful to not fling mud on me. And so now the risk is lower. Right. So I appreciate that there's always a risk assessment at the door. There always is. It just feels like cutting my risk in the store plus cutting my risk at the door is less than just cutting my risk at the door. And I appreciate that that requires other people to be mindful and alter their behavior. And I appreciate that it's not always something that other people want to do. I don't always want to do it. Right. Because it's easier for me to not have to worry about you because I personally am not worried about it. Right. You can fling mud on me. I'm okay. Right. I've already had COVID or I know I'm strong enough to fight COVID, except God forbid I'm wrong. (laughs) Right. Of course. Okay. There's always that factor too. Yes. Because there's plenty of prideful people out there who think that they're fine and then they're 23 and they're dead. So you never know that. I can appreciate the inconvenience factor. And I would just say that for me, it's the potential to reduce your risk, random person in the grocery store who I don't know. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know where you're going. I don't know where you're coming from. I don't know who you're going to be in touch with. But to me, that's just like common decency for me to be protective or be mindful that this person across from me doesn't need my spit all over them. Whatever I have, COVID or not, whatever I have. What if I just have the flu? Right. Like for me, this has been a really big wake up call well beyond just COVID. I personally am not particularly afraid of COVID. Right. But it has really helped me to appreciate the amount of times that I have gone out into the world and have I have been sick. Right. I've had the flu. I've had a virus. And I just I didn't care. I didn't care if anyone was in my immediate vicinity. If I was sneezing on someone, if I was touching things, I didn't care if you random person picked up my germs and then brought it home to your family. And that just feels callous. Even if it's just, you know, a flu. It's like, well, thank you, random person, for giving me the flu and then having me bring it to my home of four. Appreciate you for that. Because I didn't want to be bothered today to actually be aware of the people around me. Right. That feels selfish, and I'm not perfect by any means. And I'm sure that there are going to be scenarios where I still do it. But for me, I think the underlying issue isn't like people need to take personal responsibility and I shouldn't have to be convenienced. For me, it's the exact opposite. It's really this is the least I can do, actually. Put a mask and try not to spit on people. For me, the risk reward is just that's just what it is. So you're suggesting that we wear masks for the rest of our lives? 
I am serious. Wait, wait, wait. Before you answer that question, we have run out of time. Yes, I want to know the answer, and I know you do too. So join us next week for part two of Is COVID Being Politicized? Right here on Mind Coffee with M6. See you next week.